Welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given in the local listening area. Today's show features Father Timothy Callista, a priest of the Diocese of Cleveland, Ohio, and his talk entitled, Take Up Your Cross and Follow Me, recorded at the Catholic Men's Fellowship Conference in February 2012. And now, Father Timothy Callista. My brothers, this talk is not going to be one that you will find enjoyable. We're talking about carrying our cross every day. We're talking about how we as men are called to carry our crosses. How we as men are called not to allow someone else to carry our cross, but rather how we can carry our cross. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 44, we read, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And before that, we read, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Offer no resistance to the one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one to him as well. This talk is going to be broken down into what we call challenges for the day. Challenges that we can apply to our daily lives because, my brothers, we're not doing very good of carrying our crosses. As a priest, it breaks my heart to see our congregations filled with our mothers and our fathers are at home watching television, working in the yard, or doing more important things. This is our obligation as men to carry our crosses. I want us to be challenged today, but I want us to grow. So the first challenge is this. Do not worry. Trust in the Lord. Sounds easy, doesn't it? And Jesus tells us that all the time. We read in Matthew chapter 6, 25-34, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or weep. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more important than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your life plan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way wildflowers glow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was not clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, what are we to eat, or what are we to drink, or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. When I entered the seminary in 1993, I was given what is referred to as the MMPI. It was an evaluation to see how psychologically fit a student or prospective candidate was. During that MMPI evaluation, after I was given it, I had the results given to me. And the evaluator was Father Tom John's pastor of St. John Vianney Parish and mentor. Father John said to me, he said, you know, Tim, you have a tendency to worry about things. I said, Father, that's not true. I I don't worry about things. He said, but you do. The MMPI showed that you do. And I said, well, that that can't be. I I don't worry about anything. He said, well, let's just put it to you on a perspective graph. 
He said, if this is the average person's worry right here, yours is over here. He said, you worry about many things. And I said, well, Father, you know, I don't think I worry about anything more. He says, give me a list of things that you're concerned about. After five minutes, I realized, yes, he's right. I do worry about many things. <laughs> do not be afraid. Trust in the Lord. My brothers, why do we worry? Why do we worry about all these things that we have no control over? Why are we so concerned? Why are we worried about tomorrow when today is sufficient enough? We must be men of faith. Do not worry. Trust in the Lord Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Pope John Paul II, during the millennium, looked at it as a great celebration, and he said, my brothers and sisters, be not afraid. Be not afraid to embrace this new millennium, but open your doors to Christ. My brothers, we must open our hearts to Jesus. If Jesus is everything to us, then we must be like Christ. In the Gospels, do we have any indication that Jesus worried? was concerned, was anxious about anything. All we have was is Jesus trusting in his Father. Not my will, Father, but your will be done. How difficult that can be in our own daily life. This talk may sound almost like too good to be true, but my brothers, I've been trying to practice this since my ordination day, to trust in the Lord. And the more I trust, the more I realize that God will take care of it. My brothers, the first rule is this. Do not be afraid. Trust in the Lord. Have faith. Do not succumb to fear. The opposite of faith is fear. Have faith. Do not succumb to fear. Number two. I'll read with you many scriptures. If you really like the Gospels, you can begin to understand the pattern that our Lord is placing for his followers. The Gospel is not just something we hear at Sunday Mass. The gospel is not something that we just say, isn't that a nice story? The gospel is a challenge for us to grow in holiness. So this is from Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 26. He got into a boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a violent storm came up on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by waves, but he was asleep. They came and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. He said to them, why are you terrified, O you of little faith? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the seas, and there was great calm. I don't know if any of you are fishermen. If any of you are, maybe this story will resonate with you. As you know, Lake Erie is a shallow lake, so when a storm comes, it comes very suddenly. My parents used to, every year, go to a cottage in Erie, Pennsylvania, Dollar's Cottages, and it was about an hour and a half from our home. And every year, my dad would rent a 14-foot aluminum boat, about an eight-and-a-half-mile-power engine on it. And one day, we were going out fishing. We we're about maybe three miles from shore. We were fishing out. And suddenly, I looked on the horizon behind us, and I said, Dad, look at that. It almost looks like a curtain coming at us. And my dad turned ghostly white, realizing that a storm was going to hit us. And an 8.5-mile-an-hour motor isn't going to beat a storm coming very fast. Before you knew it, we were caught in a storm. And if you've ever been on an open lake with a 14-foot boat that's aluminum, you get a little petrified. My dad said to my cousin and I, sit in the middle, not knowing why, but we just listened to him. He said, we need to balance the boat. I don't want it to capsize. We started getting worried. But my father was completely confident. He was completely confident that the storm would not overcome. He guided us back into, into shallow waters back onto the shore where my mother, anxiously waiting for her son 
and husband and nephew to return, praying to God that we were not going to be capsized and have to call the Coast Guard to get us out. Have faith, do not succumb to fear. Why were the apostles afraid? Jesus was there, he was asleep, but he was conscious of what was going on, he knew. Why were they afraid? Because they had no faith. Are you afraid? Are you afraid to give your life completely to Christ? Are you afraid to open your doors to Jesus? Are you afraid to give yourself completely to Christ? Why are you afraid? Why afraid? Why not have faith? Faith in God. It's difficult to have faith. It's difficult to be a believer. Oh, sure, when you're at work, it's hard to talk to another about Christ, but it's easy to talk about the game, about what happened over the weekend. Are you afraid to speak about Christ and your love for him? I'm not, and nor should you. If Jesus is everything to us, then we should never be afraid to speak about him to others. Because if he is part of our lives, then he's also part of our work. He's part of everything that we do. Everything that we are is because of Jesus. Jesus is the reason that we are here. And Jesus is the reason why we have faith. My brothers, do not be afraid. Do not succumb to fear. Rule number three. Have your eyes fixed on Jesus. From the Gospel of Matthew, again, chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Then he made the disciples get into the boat and proceed him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them. Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Why did Peter sink? I was speaking with somebody a couple weeks ago when I was sharing this story with him, and just a thought came to my mind. Why did Peter sink? Because he listened to the voices behind him. Do we not do the same? Do we not listen to the voices behind us? Now imagine the scenario. Here's Peter on a boat. The storm is great. And Peter a man of faith gets out of the boat and begins to walk on the water. Now he's probably thinking to himself, how many times previously before Christ walked on the water that I actually walked on water? It's never happened before. This is kind of cool. I'm walking on water. Look at me, a man of great faith. But the voices behind him chastised him. James, Peter, get back into this boat. Andrew, you fool, what are you trying to do? Drown? John, you'll do anything the master says. Thomas, how do we even know it's Christ? Don't we do the same? Why go on this retreat? Why waste your whole Saturday? There's so many other things you could be doing. Why speak about Jesus? Don't worry about it. God understands. 
We listen to those voices behind us and we begin to sink so quickly in the water of despair. I can't do it. I'm not capable. You're absolutely right. You can't. You alone cannot do it. You cannot walk on the water by yourself. You can't. Don't try it at home, guys. It's not going to work. But with Jesus, you can. With Jesus, you can do all things. You know, when I told my friends that I was going to go into the seminary, they thought I was a fool. When I told my boss at work, he said, well, I guess it's not the service. When I told other people, they said, what do you think you're going to do? You know you can't get married. I said, yeah, I was kind of aware of that. It was part of the... (laughs) I didn't listen to those voices because if I did, I wouldn't be with you today. My brothers, don't listen to the voices because the voice is the voice of the accuser, Satan, who does exist, who does not want you to walk on water, who wants to discourage you, who wants to tell you don't try this at home, folks. But why would you be afraid when we keep our eyes focused on this man, on this person here? We can do all things. We must embrace our cross, brothers. How? Do not worry. Trust in the Lord. Do not be afraid, but have faith. Keep your eyes focused on Christ. Because with Christ, you will do things you never thought was possible. With Jesus, you can do all things. All things are possible for him who believes. Let's go back to the Annunciation. What did the angel Gabriel say to our Blessed Mother? All things are possible with God. You may not think it's possible to speak to your brothers about Jesus Christ. You may think that they're, oh, they're going to make fun of me. They're going to laugh at me. They're not going to understand. How could I possibly speak to others about Jesus? How could you not? If he's everything to us, he must be everything to everyone. There's the story told of a man who worked with another man for many years. And his fellow worker had cancer and was dying. This man was a devout believer. He went up to this man, knowing that he was dying, and he said, my brother, I would like to talk to you about Jesus. And the man said to him, he said, my brother, for 20 years, you've never mentioned to me about this man. Now that I'm dying, why is he suddenly important to me if he was never important to you? Don't be afraid to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus because with Jesus, all things are possible. Do you think it's possible for me to be able to speak to you without the assistance of Christ? Do you think it's possible for me to do what I do? Someone once said to me, they said, you can't do this. And I said, you're right, I can't. I can't go into the seminary. I can't be a priest. I can't do the things that God is asking me to do. But with Jesus, I can. And with Jesus, I will. He is my faith. Do not be afraid and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Make sure that you listen to the Lord Jesus. I love the Gospels. If you've picked up on it, there's a lot of stories in the Gospels that we can glean inspiration from for our own spiritual lives. My brothers, please don't think this is difficult. This is so easy. Christ has made it so easy for us. You may sit there and say, yeah, it's easy for you. It's not easy for me. I must wake up every morning. And believe me, I've been with you. When the alarm goes off, you say, good God, morning. It's not good morning, God. 
I've been with you, brothers. I know it's hard. The cross is difficult. It's painful. Jesus asked us to do more. I said, Lord, what more do you want from me? I've given you everything. He said, I want more. And I'll never stop asking for more. But if we're always busy talking, how are we going to hear our Savior speaking to us? Listen to what these men have done when they listen to Jesus. Make sure that you listen to Christ. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, come after me and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat, mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. It's Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. What did they do? They listened to Jesus. And I want to share with you another story. Six nephews, five nieces. Expecting my uh, seventh edition. I don't know if it's a boy or girl. My sister-in-law didn't know what she's having. And my mother was going to go to the doctor with my newest addition to our family, my, my nephew, Michael. She was going to go to the doctor for him. He was going to get his yearly checkup, his first year checkup. My niece, who was four at the time, my mother said to me, can you watch the four-year-old? How hard can it be? <laughs> sure, I don't have children, but she's four. I'm an adult. She'll listen. You know where this is going. My beautiful little niece, four years old, the minute the garage door hit the ground, somehow they must have a supersonic hearing that says, I'm free. <laughs> the tyrannical mother, grandmother, is no longer here. Terror now can be mine. Look at this fool, my uncle. He thinks he knows what he's into. So my little beautiful niece at four years old decided to become part of the rodeo. And she grabbed the vacuum cleaner hose and began spinning it around her head. I very calmly, very adult-like of me, said, Mia, please stop. Where she decided to spin it even faster. Again, very adult me, a little bit more sterner, a little bit more louder. I said, Mia, please stop. Whereas she decided to go it even faster. Whether she was going to think she was going to fly away, I'm not quite sure. I walked up to her, put her arm down, looked her directly in the eye, and I said, I said, stop! And this four-year-old, with the sweetest look on her face, looked me directly in the eye and said, Uncle Tim, I don't want to listen to you. I was indignant. I was pretty mad. I reminded her who was in charge. I got into the car that night and I turned on the car, turned off the radio, and I, I began to have a conversation with God. I said, you know, God, the nerve of her not listening to me. I mean, I'm her uncle. And God responded to me, and if you don't think God speaks to you, my brothers, just say something like this to God. He responds really quickly. And God said, oh, my beloved son, what a memory you have. Don't you do the same to me? Touche, God. Don't we do the same to God? I mean, isn't our prayer? Speak, listen, Lord, your servant is speaking. Not speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Oh, we don't like to listen. 
This priest may tell me something I don't want to do. I don't have to listen to him. He's a celibate. What does he know? He's never been married. What does he know? He doesn't know what it's like to raise a family. What does he know? I don't have to listen to this guy. Good, don't listen to me. I've already told you before, I'm merely the messenger, gentlemen. But the message I hope you do listen to. Speak, Lord. Your servant listens. Matthew 28, verse 20. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Number five, suffering is inevitable for the follower of the Lord. At this point in time, you're thinking to yourself, why did I decide to come here this morning? You know, really, I mean, this guy's talking about suffering and carrying our crosses and doing all this. I thought this was going to be kind of an uplifting talk. You know, I mean, it is Lent. Why is he talking about all this now? Because it's inevitable, my brothers. Suffering is inevitable for all of us. All of us are going to suffer probably thinking, gee, thanks. It's going to happen. Jesus tells us over and over and over again, unless you take up your cross daily and follow after me, you cannot be my disciples. Is it difficult for you to wake up in the morning, take up your cross and follow me? Are you taking care of a sick one, a wife, a child? Take up your cross and follow me. Are you dealing with a job that you dislike? Take up your cross and follow me. Is there a coworker you can't stand? Take up your cross and follow me. Is there someone in your life you cannot love? Take up your cross and follow me. How do we do this? How do we take up our cross? How do we follow after Christ? I'd like to share with you a little story. The story is entitled, Me and God. Just so that you get the whole image of this story, it's a dialogue. God, of course, will be much more rational. Me will be very irrational. God, can I ask you something? Sure. You promise you won't get mad? I promise. Why did you let so much stuff happen to me today? What do you mean? Well, I woke up late. Yes. My tar car took forever to start. Okay. At lunch, they made my sandwich wrong, and I had to wait while they made another one. Mm-hmm. On the way home, my phone went dead just as I picked up a call. All right. And to top it all off, when I got home, I just wanted to soak my feet in my foot massager and relax, but it wouldn't work. Nothing went right today. Why did you do that? Well, let me see. The death angel was at your bed this morning, and I had to send one of the other angels to battle him for your life. I let you sleep through that, so that is why you woke up late. Oh, I didn't let your car start because there was a drunk driver on your route that might have hit you if you were on the road at that time. The first person who made your sandwich today was sick, and I didn't want you to catch what they have. I knew you couldn't afford to miss work. Oh. Your phone went dead because the person that was calling was planning to give a false witness to others about what you said on that call. I didn't even let you talk to them so you would, would be saved. That embarrassment. I see, God. Oh, and that foot massager? It had a short in the electrical wiring that was going to throw out all the power in your house tonight. 
I didn't think you wanted to be in the dark. I'm sorry, God. Don't be sorry. Just learn to trust me in all things, the good and the bad. I will trust you. And don't doubt that my plan for you today is always better than your plan. I won't, God. And let me just tell you, God, thank you. Thank you for everything today. You're welcome, my child. It was just another day being your God. And remember that I love you. I love you very much. Obviously, there was much worse suffering than, than described in this story. But it does illustrate that sometimes our suffering means that our plans do not go as we plan. From my own life and from your sharing yours with me over my years as a priest, I definitely know that it is hard to suffer. I know that it is difficult to endure pain and to have to face the unexpected or the unplanned. Let me say that when we accept the cross of the Lord and do his will, all will be well, all will be good. I conclude our talk with three passages from three gospel writers. From, chapter, from Matthew chapter 16, verses 24. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. From Mark chapter 8, verses 34, he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Then he said to all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Our five steps are five challenges for us today. Take up your cross daily and follow me. How do we do that? Number one, do not worry. Trust in the Lord. Number two, have faith. Do not succumb to fear. Number three, have your eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus. Number four, make sure that you listen to the Lord Jesus. Number five, suffering is inevitable for the follower of the Lord. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For a copy of this program on Compact Disc, call 330-966-2903 or send an email to orders at livingbreadradio.com and reference the program broadcast date. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.